It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? We have uh, walked our way down here to episode 42. A lot of good performances as we saw on Thursday night versus the Steelers. Steelers not so much, and there's uh, quite a bit of panic in the room in uh, Pittsburgh the last couple of days. I've been just kind of checking in on their radio stations and hot takes and all that good stuff, and uh, it definitely got them worried, and probably for good reason. Uh, we're going to get in all the good stuff and bad stuff that we saw on Thursday night, but first let's introduce everybody around here. We're the uh, assistant editor-in-chief of BleedingGreenNation.com, Mr. Mike Kay. What's happening, bud? Excited to be here for the Vin Baker edition of BGN Radio. Yeah, nice. Very good call. Uh, and uh, Matt During from uh, our Eagles over at Reddit and just overround uh, swell guy and angry internet commenter. How are you, sir? Doing good. Doing good, John. Beautiful day. Um, well, let's get uh, straight down to business here, Dents. Uh, Mike K, things you uh, like and didn't like right off the top of your head. Uh, off the top of my head, I liked the, the first team defense and offense. The second team defense, well, the second team offense. Uh, I thought that they did pretty well. Um, was overly impressed by the running backs. Uh, has been a constant this preseason. Um, bad Curtis Marsh. <laughs> I mean, Curtis Marsh. Uh, hey, Rock Curtis Arm- Marsh, he had two special teams tackles. I just want to put that out yeah. there. Oh, uh, well, that's that's good. Uh, that'll probably keep him from being part of the uh, 15 uh, yeah, that's for right. this weekend. That's- that and a that's, cup of coffee will get you a cup of coffee. So, right. So, uh, no, I mean, I thought that, uh, you know, I would have liked to have seen Nick Foles play a little bit better. I, he wasn't bad. He was okay. Um, like I said in my review, I, I, I give him a C plus for the preseason. Um, you know, but I would have given him a C plus for last preseason too. And look what happened. So we'll see how that goes. But outside of that, I thought, I thought the game was relatively, uh, positive. Uh, Matt, what did you like out of uh, last night? Uh, really like the backup offensive line. I'm going to keep beating this drum because in my heart of hearts, I think it makes me interesting. But I uh, <laughs> I really like what I saw from uh, from Mulk, Tobin, uh, Kelly, 
that I thought were really good. Um, they all had very good uh, moments. What else did I like? Just just good run blocking all around. Really liked uh, really liked some of the play calling, as simple as it was. Uh, so I'd say the offense, especially the backup offense, going up against that first team Steelers defense is a good test for them. And so uh, I guess that leads me to what I didn't like. I didn't like the Steelers. <laughs> I uh, they are that you know, you know we can we can overreact and we don't really root for this team, but they were not good. Yeah, that's uh, I, they, got a, they got a lot of things to fix after. You know, the whole week of uh, of talking to nothing but Pittsburgh guys, I was expecting a linebacking core to be just completely dominant, and I was actually a little worried to see, you know, how the offensive line would struggle against it, and some of them did uh, in the in the first, you know, well, actually, none of them really did, just kind of Alan Barber got whooped a couple of times as per usual. I've been, been talking about him for the last three weeks as well, but yeah, I mean, what is up? What is up with this? I, I know it's an Eagles podcast, but what's up with the Pittsburgh Steelers? So the, I, I thought they were supposed to have this, you know, really awesome draft, and I just didn't. I really didn't see it last night, Mike. Uh, I think Kevin Colbert isn't as good of a GM as some people may think he is. I think their last two drafts have been horrific. Not not including this one. I th- I thought this one was okay. I liked the Bryant pick. I liked the Tuit pick. But uh, you know, I think Ryan Chazier is just. I don't. I just. I think he's Michael Kendrick's light. I don't really. I, I'm not impressed by him. I know he had an okay game. Uh, in week two and then I thought um, I thought they did something that the Eagles kind of did in Chicago where they practice a couple of throws like they try to get Ben you know in rhythm with Marcus Whedon and that didn't work because Bradley Fletcher decided to actually play well without getting penalties this week I mean I know he got (laughs) one but I thought he pretty much shut Marcus Whedon down and uh, you know, I, I just wasn't impressed I think Ike Taylor had two or three penalties I mean as a veteran of as many years as he has. Uh, I was kind of surprised by that. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think this, I didn't think coming into this game that the Steelers were a playoff team. So, I mean, didn't really shock me, but then again, the Eagles defense had played horribly up until this point, And I think they had four, three and outs against this, the first team Steelers. So I don't, I don't know. That's the other thing we can be, been kind of beating the drum on it too, is just, you know, we didn't really see a big effort in the first two preseason games from the defense. They really kind of came out, and I think they knew it was uh, kind of a dress rehearsal type of deal and really wanted to – I mean, the couple of guys that are still looking for their jobs, sure, but, uh, I mean, I thought they played great last night. That was uh, Nolan Carroll showing up for the first time. It was nice to see him on the field. Marcus Smith actually had a pretty decent game as well with the with the second squad. I thought when he set the edge, and uh, I can't remember who the running back was. but I think he uh, hit Blount and got him by his feet. Yeah, 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 it was Blount. Set the edge. That was pretty fancy, actually. I like that a lot. A lot of the talk, uh, Brandon Bear getting a lot of the talk, but let's have an honest conversation about that. 29, going to be 30. I know what Chip said in his press conference. You know, the future's right now. I I don't know. Is is he a guy that can – going to be in that rotation at all, Matt? Do you think he's going to be there? What's your thoughts on him? I don't know. It's hard to say. I haven't really been overly impressed. He does have, you know, he has the height and he can get his arms up. And, you know, he's he is 30, but he's only really been playing football. Well, he hasn't played at all, but he graduated when he was 26. Um, <laughs> so, I, you know, I think he, well, I, I suspect he's a Mormon, right? That's got to be the story yeah, here. Probably. Yeah. Uh, he's he's from Idaho and, and everything, but um, he, uh I don't know. A lot of the guys seem to talk about him, like uh, Bo Allen has singled him out. Um, I think uh, Benny Logan has also singled him out. So, you know, Chip's kept guys like that in the past, but 
I don't know if I see it. Maybe he's a gamer. Maybe he'll get better as the year goes on. Maybe there's something I'm missing. Like I said, he does have the batted passes. Um, he's I think tall. he said, yeah, yeah, he's tall, very Dawkins-like. He, um, <laughs> he, uh, uh, I don't know. Don't ask me. This is hard. yeah. No, I, I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not trying to put the grill to you, but I mean, Mike, there's there's been a few of the beat reporters that have said. You know, look how great he is, and I, you know, Hart's not going to probably a practice squad guy. You have any thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, I don't think Hart's going to be a practice squad guy. I think he could be like fan of my art. I also think that's definitely the case for Ed Reynolds. But we'll get back to him later. Anyway, with uh, with Bear, I I um I don't know. He just he he reminds me of Clifton Gathers. I've heard other people say that as well. He's just a tall guy that they think they can maybe get a couple of snaps out of some batted passes, which is not which is not terrible, but to me, he seems like a classic guy that you keep on the roster during the final cuts, and then if somebody gets waived that you like, you cut him immediately. He's kind of like Emmanuel Acho. I don't really, I mean, is he? he's going to be the sixth or seventh guy, D-end, I guess, um, you know, because he's not going to play over Vinny Curry. I, you know, Benny Logan's still going to be in a rotation, probably. So when, excuse me, when Bo Allen's, at nose tackle, he might play DN too, and you're not going to put Bear out there before Logan. So I don't know. I mean, I just he's fodder for me. I, I don't. He's like end of the bottom of the roster. He's a bottom of the roster guy. I mean, I, you don't really look for. You either look for potential or immediate return. The issue is, is that if Chip doesn't want to look at immediate return, I mean, if he only wants to look at immediate return, then I guess Bear would be your guy. But it just kind of seems like a you know, there's so many young pieces on this line that that it shouldn't matter what his age is, honestly. When you mentioned Curry, and I'll also mention Brandon Graham, and I, every time you try and just say they don't really fit, it doesn't really fit, they come out and they just dominate whoever they're playing. I mean, uh, Brandon Graham had an excellent game last night. Vinny Curry, I thought, did really well. Um, we've talked about this off air and just pretty much the whole entire season. Matt, I know you you're on the big Brandon Graham trade block. Well, I I like him. I just want what's best. Yeah, for him. no, no, and I'm, and I think we all agree with that. I I just think I've I'm starting to change my mind slightly on Brandon Graham as far as yes, he really doesn't fit this piece, but man, I mean, uh, Mike's brought up with a great point that you know neither really does Trent Cole. Um, uh, granted, he can cover a little bit better and all that good stuff, but. I think that you should keep Brandon Graham on here if you're not going to get that great of a return. I mean, if there's if there's nothing out there that's going to help you improve for this year at least, have him help you get you know whatever get into the playoffs, go further in the playoffs. I think he's a very necessary pass rusher that needs to happen uh, in uh, th- going into this year. Do you guys have any different opinions on that? Yeah, I mean, let's cut the bullshit, okay? Uh, <laughs> I mean. No, 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 no. I live on bullshit. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Uh, but Trent Cole, yeah, he he did okay for like the last eight weeks of the season, and I love Trent Cole. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like you're if you were to replace him with Brandon Graham, that it would be astronomically different. At least from a pa- from a pass coverage standpoint, from a pass rushing standpoint, it might be. Brandon Graham's the best pass rusher on this team. It, it it's become very evident over the last four or three weeks. Uh, Vinny Curry is, is just right there. And I think he's become a bit better fit for this defense. What upsets me is and I was talking to Dave Mangles from BGN, um, Southern Philly on Twitter. 
uh, about this, and he said something to the effect of, it's going to really suck when Brandon Graham's an 8-12 to sack player on a team next year and we don't get anything for him. Yeah. So, you know, if you're not going to start Brandon Graham... Yeah, I think you could get a fourth-round pick for him in a, in a compensatory... Yeah. Well, yeah, you, yeah. I mean, you could, but then you got to wait a year on that. Uh, you know, I, I just think if you're not going to play Gr- Brandon Graham in a serious rotation and you're afraid to put him out there, trade him. What What is the point of keeping him around if you're going to trot him out every now and then? And you're not getting any pass rush from your starters, that's for sure. Uh, Vinny Curry, I think, is untouchable. I, I don't th- see how you could trade Vinny Curry. But Brandon Graham, at this point, maybe a change of scenery would be good for him, and then you cut your losses because it doesn't seem like the coaching staff has enough faith in him to give him serious snaps. And that's really frustrating as a fan and a, as an observer because he is by far the best pass rusher on this team. So I think the big difference between uh, Trent and uh, Brandon is that Trent is, you know, Trent's a veteran, so and he's always been like an elite edge defender. So he's always been really good at setting the edge. Also has had good pass rushing skills. I still think he's mostly there. But, um, well, I love Trent Cole. Don't make me do this. So, um, <laughs> but I, that's the difference, I think, is that uh, I think the coaches can trust Trent to sort of flow to the ball, you know, to fight off blocks. And, and Brandon's nice and you want to, you just want to pass rush. But we saw, you know, you can you can really exploit that stuff. You can throw right over him. You can, I uh, agree. So I think that's one of the reasons why we won't see Brandon as much is because I just don't know if he's really comfortable flowing to the ball as opposed to like, here's your guy, beat him up. And even that, in a 4-3, I think that strategy works a lot better uh, as far as, um, uh, as far as you know, run defense than it does uh, if you're a 3-4 outside linebacker. Well, and that's the thing we talked about too, and a lot of people have mentioned it this week for some reason. You know, why did the Eagles decide to stick with the 3-4 when there is so much better 4-3 talent that they could run here? And I still think you have to make that transition into the three four, no matter what. I don't think you can. If you swapped back now, that would be terrible. That like you now you get you know you have the same problem. What are you going to do with Connor Barwin? What are you going to do with you know uh, the rest of the guys that you picked up specifically for this defense? It's going to take another year for it to be completely turned over. I think, and even then, who knows? But does anybody else think that you should go to a four three? I no no I mean you can't go back that's like you know it was the same discussion with uh, starting Michael Vick putting out Foles there you couldn't go back to him I you can't it's I think that they've done a lot of good in in getting the team invested in a three four I think bringing Connor Barman was huge I I think Benny Logan fits and Cox will get there I think Cedric Thornton is perfect in a three four so I, I don't see why you would change yeah, and uh, a couple of well, let's get to the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, we don't want to uh, stay on the defense. I thought they played really great last night and was excited to see it. Jeremy Macklin, welcome back, kid. Even though that uh, I think everybody just you know swallowed their sandwich or hot dog, uh, whatever you prefer, uh, when he kind of hyperextended his knee there, looked really really bad. But man, he caught everything pretty much in traffic, and you could tell he was kind of playing with a passion there. Um, uh, what uh, what did you guys think on Macklin? Uh, how about those blocks? Huh? Yeah, the blocking too. Yeah, he, yeah, he had, uh, he, had at, he had at least two good blocks, including the one where um, uh, he blocked from McCoy like into the end zone. The one that Troy came up and speared him on, which I can't believe wasn't a penalty. But uh, I thought that he played he played like you know a really good player. He wanted to be there. He wanted to sort of strut his stuff. And then then you know the injury, which was thankfully okay and thankfully I missed because I was using the restroom. Uh, I was, uh, but I'm, I'm happy that I'm happy that he was all right. 
And what? How many catches? He had six catches, right? So, six yeah. catches for 43 yards, yes. Yeah, all of them in traffic. He took on guys. He uh, took on linebackers a few times. Uh, you know, I thought he, uh, I thought he played really well. Yeah. And it's interesting, Mike, you had in your review that, that sixth wide receiver spot, you know, it, it's kind of a running carousel of who's going to take that over. And who are the guys that kind of impressed you the most to kind of do that last night? Well, I thought Damaris Johnson kind of entered the race uh, last night. What? Yeah. No. Uh-oh. No way. Yeah. No I think, way. Damaris, <laughs> I think Damaris Johnson entered. Wow. Thank you for that fake enthusiasm. Uh, I thought Damaris Johnson did a did a a quality job. Um, I think that you had a couple of other guys like B.J. Cunningham and Quan Pratt show that they could play. Um, I've been very impressed with Pratt um, this offseason. and I think that if had there not been two rookie draft picks, he'd be making this team as the sixth guy. Uh, Cunningham probably has the most upside of anybody. I know people are going to say Moma, but, uh, you know, Moma is tall. No, he's outlawed. He's, he, outlawed he's tall. That, that's what he is. And, and he didn't do anything last night. So whatever. I saw him. No, I saw him blow a block. I, uh, I just want to point that out. I think that there's uh, a lot of people out there think he can block because he's tall, but he cannot. Yeah. I mean, and it was against Cortez Allen, who's like five foot nothing. And yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, well, whatever, but hikes in five. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, I thought that I, you know, Jeff Mail had four catches for 19 yards and they were excruciating 19 yards. Like it was like watching paint dry, like how bad, like he, he runs, uh, you know, I don't know. I guess he's like the utility guy that you want as your sixth spot guy. Cause he knows the offense. And I guess he's suitable as a last resort. As Plus, have, you, have you seen him? He's a dreamboat. He is a dreamboat. <laughs> oh my God. He looks like he could be on a uh, on a uh, the front man for an alternative band based out of California. Oh yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I'd for real. So I think this six wide receiver spot might not even actually exist, and we're like all getting uppity about this for no reason <laughs> because I think they might. I hot take. I do think that they could keep five running backs on on the active roster, and I wouldn't fault them for that at all. I think they. I think they absolutely need to. To be honest, I mean that that's the other thing that just is Tucker looked so great uh, last night along with Josie. No one has shown any kind of major weakness and depth at running backs. Not really ever a bad thing to have. Um, Matt, do you see that playing out any different? Uh, one of those guys is on their way out, right? It's got to be. They they wouldn't. I don't. I just don't think they do that. You keep those depth guys because they can play special teams. Are those guys like special teams standouts? If they are, I haven't really seen it. I would think that Tucker is Tucker plays very good special teams. Oh yeah, well I can see the coaches really like Tucker, and I can see why. But um, as far as uh, as far okay, well so you know Josie or Tucker, depending on what you can get for it, I would think that those would be the perfect um, guys to to swap with somebody. You know Josie for you know some lottery ticket, Tucker for maybe an actual player, because you look at a team who needs more running backs like uh, oh I don't know the Colts. You know, they don't ever <laughs> seem to have enough running backs, apparently. Uh, Give him another or, Why not? Or uh, the Rams just lost Isaiah Pede, didn't they? So, yep. so yeah, um, they drafted Trey Mason and have sex. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I get you. So um, I would think that somebody like that, you know, they might be able to toss you a quality depth player in exchange for a quality depth player here. I just don't see how they could possibly do that, especially if they aren't all good special teamers. Because Chip's always said, if you don't play, you better play specials. And Kenyon Bartner too. I mean, like we, I think he's an instant stash, so that's that's kind of taken care of there. Uh, a lot of people suggested that Chris Polk maybe goes on IR. 
uh, for a while to kind of keep these guys active and then send them back to the practice squad as long as they're under those you know, the four games or whatever it ends up being. What are, what are the rules for that? Can you be on an active roster and go to the practice squad, or is that another? Yeah, yeah, you can. The new, the new rules have made it so that all four four backup backups, Polk, Josie, Barner, and Tucker can all go on the practice squad, even if they play in a few games this year. The thing is, here, here's how I would play it if I was Howie and, and Chip. I would shop Tucker to teams that need a, need a, need a running back and have injuries. Uh I would keep Josie. I don't think you can let go. You you can't cut any of these players. No. You can't. No. I mean, you can cut you can cut Barner and put him on the practice squad. He's kind of in. When when Henry Josie has to beg you to not take the ball out of the end zone on a kickoff, it's it that's a problem. He's a work in progress. Um, I think you keep Josie. I would shop Tucker. If you can't trade Tucker, you keep him on the roster. You can play special teams. It's whatever. I think Joe, you know, you, everybody talks about keeping guys on the roster and whatever, but you could keep Josie on the active roster and not have him active on game day. I don't think that that's a waste of a spot. You have to have seven guys that are inactive anyway. Um, and then you just develop them from there. Uh, I do think you, I think you put Polk on the IR. It would seem like an unnecessary risk to cut Josie or to cut Tucker and then have Polk just hurt his hamstring again or get injured. It just like it just seems kind of unnecessary to me. Yeah. Or, yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead, man. Uh, well, I was going to say, um, I'm sort of with you, but Brandon sort of talked me out of it. He was saying that um, he thinks that uh, if Polk could, uh, if Polk needed to play or felt like he needed to play because his job were on the line, he could play. Or maybe he really can't play though. Maybe he really can't go yeah, though. Right? Yeah. I mean, but if but if he if his job was really a, see, I find all due respect to my my good buddy BLG, but like look at how good these kids are performing. Like you can't just like oh my gosh, you know my job's fine. Then that's on Chip. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Then Chip should be Chip should be criticized for that. If he's like, hey Chris, just take it easy. Granted, it doesn't benefit him to have Polk play while he's injured. That doesn't benefit anybody. But to say that he could play if he if he you know if his job was on the line, his job should be on the line. You know, uh, Dave brought up a great point the other day in a text message that you know he was Chip was going to bench Darren Thomas uh, in the national championship game as starter. I mean, nobody's safe. People are always on Nick Foles about you know Sanchez being good. I mean, are you kidding me? The third running back, Chris Polk, who's had, I think, eight carries in his entire career. Wow, he's great on special teams. But let's be honest with ourselves. Josie looks like he was tailor-made for this offense. Yeah, well, yeah he that's does. A, and that's the thing, too, is I thought Chip already publicly stated he can't make the club in the dub. So, I mean, like, I, I thought that was him basically saying, dude, if you can't play, you can't be on the squad. I'm sorry. So, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I think, and here's my hot take. I think Henry Josie in a couple of years could take over for Darren Sproles. So I, I wouldn't want to get rid of him either. I don't think you can get rid of any of these guys unless they get you something back, just like the guy's been saying all along here. But uh, guys, the one thing we have not gotten to, which we probably should have mentioned towards the top of the show, Alex Henry. <laughs> all he had to do was beat out a guy that can't kick and a dude that they signed two days ago and misses a 31-yard field goal. Chip was absolutely adamant about it in the press conference afterwards. But Matt, what do we do with the kicker situation? Well, uh, the new guy, I like him. I call him Polar Leg because I think he looks like Amy Polar. <laughs> um, so uh, I just have some numbers for you. So we cut Henry. Uh, it's a 100K cap penalty. That's not the end of the world, and it's uh, 600K in savings, I think. Um, 
But I, I think, you know, a guy you've talked about a lot, and I'll do it, I'm going to say the R word, the Rob Baronis. Uh-oh. Um, Rob Baronis. All right. Everybody's, I'll just cool it. Um, <laughs> so, so Rob Baronis, uh, that would be a, he's a 10-year veteran, so that's a $955,000. And by the CBA, if he's on the roster week one, uh, that's all guaranteed. So mm-hmm. you're talking about 600K in cap savings. Um, and then a million dollars guaranteed. So you're talking about $400,000 extra. It doesn't sound like a lot, but that's enough to sign another UDFA. And the fact that it's guaranteed means if he stinks, and let's be honest here, Rob Baronis isn't good. No, no, he's the, he, he really isn't. I think the whole discussion that got started with that forever ago was at least just bring in a veteran presence to compete with him. Well, it's too late now. That's yeah, what I'm yeah. trying to get at. And so if you, if you keep him on and you accidentally let him be on the roster for week one, you're at a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And that's a lot of money. So, um, and I, I just don't know. Yeah, okay, Henry stinks. But I don't think Rob Baronis is better than a non-vested veteran. And, you know, that's any guy who's got less than four years of experience, which is pretty much everybody who's set to hit the market, um, you know, imminently. So um, I, would, I would say that you do that. And, and actually, you would end up saving money over Henry anyway, because those guys would make anywhere between four hundred and twenty and like $600,000 this year. And all of it non-guaranteed. So if he stinks... And again, anybody hitting the market, they might not be all that good. Uh, if they stink, you can cut them and you can just roll the dice with the next guy who probably also could stink. Um, now, I realize this isn't the rosiest picture, but this is our life now. Yeah, and and it might be, you know, BLG said on the preview show, kicker's probably still not on the roster yet. And with however it is, 14, 17 teams that have a second kicker right now in training camp, I think you're going to see, you might end up seeing a lot of it, especially if that extra point, uh, the new extra point rule, gets solidified and goes through. I mean, that's what Henry missed last night. That's a, that's going to suck. That's really going to suck. Uh, Mike, any thoughts on Henry? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I think the situation's pretty scary because yeah. what the Eagles have done, and they deserve a ton of criticism for this, is back themselves into a hole where they've essentially given the last two preseason games to evaluate kickers. And, uh, you know, as opposed to bringing in the right – undrafted free agent with a you know accuracy and a leg they brought in carrie spears fodder and now you 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 trade for cody parkey you don't even let him take field goals you you have him do a kickoff and then i think he he did a couple of kickoffs and had a, a touchback and then did a pat what i would do if i were the coaching staff which i'm not obviously i would have parkey play the whole game uh the whole fourth game don't yeah. even let henry get on the field you know what you have in him uh, if Parkey does very well, if he gets a bunch of touchbacks and he, let's say, he makes two field goals, then you cut Henry. I mean, I just think like that's what you have to do. I, I, I don't think Henry is good enough at kicking field goals that you can validate keeping a kickoff specialist for him. You see, so you're gonna you, you're gonna give a guy who's not that good a crutch. Like that's ridiculous to me. <laughs> yeah. And then, well, and then if Parkey does poorly, you cut both. You, you either you have to make a decision on Henry and you cut Parky. And if a good waiver wire comes through, then, Hey, you've got a new kicker that can possibly, I just think McManus is the answer. Not Tim McManus, yeah. but the, <laughs> uh, the kid out in, 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 in uh, the Meadowlands. I think, I think he would be a good solution. What if he wins that job and Josh Brown suddenly becomes available? Josh Brown's Perfect. not very good. Not yeah. Josh Brown's not very good, but he's a veteran kicker that, 
that is at least reliable, then again, I think you run into the same Rob Baronis. <laughs> right. So, so, um, so that's sort of the corollary to all this is that uh, I think, I think depending on how it shakes out, you you can't have a guy like that on the roster week one. So the way that it works is that if the guy's in the roster after week one, it's okay. So we could muddle through the game against the Jaguars with Alex Henry or with whoever you know with with this guy with you know with the trash cans and, and whatever uh, you know whatever you whatever you find out front. Basically, I think you can muddle through the game against the Jaguars with whatever, and then I think you readjust, reassess because I just don't think it's a good use of resources to sign. Some guy who isn't that good. I mean, we're talking. You saw Sean Sweesom last night. Sean Sweesom, he is. Uh, he, well, is he going to keep that job? So you could sign him, and you'd be you'd be stuck with him. Yeah, and he's been. Uh, he's another guy that's been up and down too. Like uh, if I remember correctly, he had a pretty good year last year. Year before that, he was real shaky. This year, it's kind of the same thing. It's a it's a weird. Kickers are weird, <laughs> just like closers in in baseball. I don't I don't really understand from year to year how they can have an incredible year and not maintain it through the next one, but it happens. And I, not that Henry is of that caliber, never that he was. It's just, I don't know what's going to happen. And again, I'll say John Stryevsky is right down the street. Everybody kicks for the soul. Uh, I thought I'd plug him in there, but what's to stop. I don't exactly know the rules either. What's to stop them from having in kind of an almost open tryout. Why can't they bring in four guys off the street that aren't currently they can. on teams? So they wh- can. why aren't they doing that? Uh, because they've kind of really dropped the ball with this one. I thought they, Kevin they just, Van... They don't, they don't listen to BGN radio. I think that's the <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, they would know about Kevin Van Voris, too. I Kevin mean, and Van he's, Voris, another guy that needs a that job. Guy has, that guy has legs for fucking days. I, I Look, <laughs> this has been an atrocity. I'm not overstating when I said this has been an atrocity. There is literally no reason why this should be happening right now. They should have cut Henry after the season. Henry is... You can talk about numbers all you want, but when it's important, that's when it matters. You can kick three field goals in a row when you're up by 20 points and Nick Foles is having a, a significantly good day. I mean, like that, I, I just, at this point, it just, I don't care about numbers. I want, I want precision kicking at the right times. Like yeah. that's, that's important to us. And I think, you know, the whole talk of giving him a kickoff specialist is the most laughable thing in the world because it's like, well, Henry's not good enough at kicking field goals. So you're going to have another guy take on half of his freaking job. The guy doesn't have a job outside of those two things. Yeah. So I just I, I'm very passionate about this. I mean, I never thought I'd be like this annoyed about a kicking situation, but they have completely dropped the ball in this situation. It's the complete opposite of the quarterback situation where they brought in a proven veteran who was a starter who had a lot of upside. He just got stuck with a shitty offense. You know, it's just, I, I, I mean. Especially I, for the, the emphasis that he places on special teams, it's very curious. That's the thing. It, it, this has been the one thing that Chip Kelly has not practiced what he preached. I mean, I, I, Kerry Spear is laughable. They should have cut him after OTAs. <laughs> I, I just, I don't, I really, I don't understand. I mean, and how he's still on the roster He's yeah. on the roster as of this recording. They should have cut him before the game if you're not going to use him. what What's the point? Um, it's not about bringing in another guy. It's just getting rid of the trash. I mean, I don't know. I just, Oof. I don't know. What's hot in here? <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah. no, I mean, I know. I'm just passionate about this kicker situation. I don't See, know. See, I'm, I'm sort of a little more zen about it. Like, okay, right, we're screwed. But I don't think any amount of fiddling would have really averted that. Um, and then I think you get into an issue of resource allocation. 
you know, because you get, what do you get? You get 80 grand or whatever to sign all your UDFAs. So if you go out and, and you spend a quarter of that on a kicker, uh, then where are you? Maybe you can't sign Henry Josie. Maybe you can't sign, you know, uh, one of these other guys that you like. Uh, name somebody. Name another good UDFA. Oh, no, I, it's not even with that. I'm not saying sign them. You can have a tryout before signing anybody. Correct? Well, yeah, no, that's true. But, you know, okay, yeah. A tryout, but, a tryout. but I'm saying if you just allocated what you picked up for Kerry Spear and got one of those guys in there, you're infinitely more ahead of the game than where you are right now. Well, yeah, and you have, leverage, you have leverage on kickers. There's only 32 jobs in the thing. They'll, right. I mean, you, you you can be like, hey, we're not giving you a bonus. Sure thing, mister. I'll shine your shoes, too. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. that's, that's what that's, I mean, that's the reality I mean, but, but i think i think the nice thing about kickers is like you said there's only 32 jobs so you got all these people and they're out there and they're blowing money on picking a priority udfas and i sort of think they might be suckers you know they're like out there and they're like well we'll give you 20 grand to sign i think you're stupid get a get a running back get like a get like a lineman with some upside from a small school like a cedric thornton or something yeah. i think that's a way better use of, of your time and money and with all the stress than picking a kicker because look at in 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 the what in four days and then in another week there's going to be 18 kickers hitting the market and you know you can have your pick from among them and sure they won't be any they won't be probably be any good but the guy we have now isn't any good and most nobody's any good is anybody any good <laughs> so um i just think uh i just think you take a wait and see approach to something like this because uh it's valuable but it's hard and there's a saturated market so you know yeah. i think we'll I think we'll go. I, I I agree with Brandon. I don't think the kicker now is on the roster, and uh, I think that uh, you'll you'll see that it'll probably work out. It'll probably be okay. Yeah, no, I I agree one hundred percent with what you were saying. Oh, like, oh yeah. sorry, sorry, John. And one last thing, uh, they're definitely not keeping a kickoff specialist because Chip Kelly would never do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He would never use two roster spots on guys that just kick. He exactly. Just, he just would never do it. Um. Yeah. It's um. I don't know. It's uh, I, the thing that I might like about it. If they do decide to stick with Henry, maybe we're going for it on fourth down an awful lot this year. And maybe there's an awful lot of two point conversions. If they're from the extra points from 33 yards, that might be fun. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. About well, that. Well, well, no, but that that's not going through. I don't think this year. It would be next just a test. Okay. Yeah. It'll be next year. I believe. Yeah. I don't year. even think they're doing it in the fourth preseason game. Now, yeah, just it was just for the first two. I I thought they were making that kind of like a deciding factor going into uh, uh, the season, but uh, you know it it'll be interesting. But uh, it's something we're obviously going to keep an eye on, and we'll probably end up living and dying by the, by the kicker situation because why not? It makes it more fun and interesting and dramatic. Uh, before we get any further, we want to welcome in our special guest, of course, from your Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, inside linebacker, Mr. Najee Good, as Mike K got the uh, great opportunity to kind of sit down with him. Najee Good with uh, Mr. Mike K. I'm here with Eagles linebacker Najee Good. Thanks for joining us, Najee. How are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Getting ready to play soon. Yeah, that sounds really exciting. Um, let's uh, get into the questions. Um, I know you guys are coming off a kind of a rough outing on defense. Um, you know, you're looking to bounce back against Pittsburgh. It's kind of, it'll be probably nice to play at Lincoln Financial Field again for the first time. Um, what do you see your role as being this season? And will it be similar to last season, or do you think the extra time in the defense will help you evolve a bit? Um, I see me, um, my role as myself, you know, stepping in and making more plays on defense. You know, um, actually, 
you know, eventually, you know, my goal is to get in there and be a starter on our defense. And this season, you know, make, to having the opportunity to make some more plays, get out there on the field defense, along with special teams, um, you know, which I always continue to do. And, you know, just be a bigger player, be a bigger player in the team and be a leader eventually in, um, in the near future. You, you brought up wanting to start. You had a start your first start last season and really impressed a lot of fans and media members and coaches. Do you see yourself eventually taking over as a starter sooner rather than later with D'Amico and, and Michael Kendricks kind of uh, in front of you on the depth chart? Oh uh, yeah, that's always uh, my vision, you know, just uh, learning from guys like D'Amico and, you know, putting the confidence in my coaches that I can make the calls and you know, they give me the opportunity to do that. And I did that, you know, even what happened in the New England game, you know, it's just something that, we got to come back and bounce back from, and we got to learn from our mistakes and keep it going. And that's one thing I want to do. So, in the near future, yes, I do see myself being a starter. You brought up the New England game. I know you guys kind of had that tough outing. Can you kind of talk about how you, what you, what the steps you're taking with Billy Davis to kind of improve the defense after kind of two games where you've given up a lot of points? Oh yeah, definitely. The, you know, the main thing is, as you know, as the fans and a lot of the people talking outside, you know, the penalties. That's one thing you can tell in football. Immediately, teams that have penalties are teams that, you know, put themselves on the uh, you know, bad side of the stick, you know, so when it comes to winning and losing. And as a defense, you know, penalties is one of the first things that we got to get rid of. And then from there, we work on the things that, you know, it sounds similar to everybody else, but technique, 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 and technique. And once you get our technique down in our defense and we trust the players that we plan playing with, then we can take the next steps as far as, you know, becoming a great defense like you see some of the older defense back in the day and the newer defenses now. You know, you're obviously going through training camp in the preseason. This is your third offseason. How did last year's experience with the Buccaneers and being cut and then being picked up on waivers, how did that all play into your strategy going into this season, this offseason? Oh, it was huge. You know, um, you know, some guys, you know, they never have to feel that, you know, that wrath of, you know, being released and stuff like that. But once I did, and I was able to, you know, thanks to my agents and the people around me, you know, and some of the things I did on the field, you know, once I was able to get that opportunity in Philly, I was able to, you know, keep working hard and, and um, show the coaches here that, you know, I, I can uh, produce and I can play for them. And really that just, you know, it always, I've always been an underdog, you know, going to a school like West Virginia. It was a good school on the map. And, you know, we've had some pretty good players out there. It's always, you know, make me feel like the underdog and I've got to keep working. So even when you're on top, you still got to keep working. But, you know, it kind of put, puts an extra chip on my shoulder to do the things that I got to do to play. And, you know, once I do start to play, make bigger plays and, you know, keep that same aggression out there on the field. You brought up, uh, well, we've, we've just talked about the uh, the Buccaneers transition. What was it like to get waived and then get picked up by the Eagles? Did your dad kind of help prepare you for the fans in the city having played in Philly? Uh, yeah, you know, that that whole process was, you know, up and down. You know, I thought I had a pretty good preseason when I was with the Bucs. You know, kind of went through some things, whether it be numbers, whether it be whatever the situation was, you know, for them. But once I came from the situation and came here, my dad kind of told me, like, you know, I, I – Still think to this day, you know, it, you know, I know he's smiling, but <laughs> it was a huge thing that for him to, you know, let me know that Philly's going to be a place where it's exciting. You can feel it. it's almost like the fans and the momentum in the city is almost like electricity, man. Like once you get it surging through your body, it just gets you up and gets you going. And you know, I felt that last year immediately as soon as I got here, playing in Lincoln Financial Field, 
And um, playing, actually, matter of fact, our first game was Monday night with the Redskins. Half of the um, stands was, you know, the maroon and gold, and the other half was all green and white. And that was just a huge thing to see. And once I got out there and made some plays, you know, got some confidence and some swagger behind my back, you know, it was easy to continue to do it. And going into this season, it's even easier because, you know, I've, I've been in the system a little bit longer, learning from the coaches, learning from great players, and, you know, I want to continue to do that. And I'm going to continue to do it. Well, now that, you, you know, you didn't get the off season before last season to kind of learn and, and take on the sports science. Now that you're under the sports science program, how did that impact your training this off season? And how did it be uh, – continuity of knowing the defense going into this offseason kind of help you better your game heading into OTAs and training camp? Um, you know, that just that whole extra aspect, you know, that that whole um, added thing of sports science and everything like that, we, you know, we do some things that with the Eagles that, you know, I noticed that we didn't do with other teams that that adds just, it's just more ammo, you know, as far as getting ready for the next team and, you know, preparing each week and, that's really been the main benefit is it's been added, you know, adding extra techniques and methods that we can do as players in order to keep our bodies in shape and to do the best things we can do to perform at a, you know, at a maximum high level that we can. You know, you kind of came out of nowhere after the Eagles uh, picked you off off of waivers. You know, there was, you know, we didn't know necessarily what your role was going to be, but you, you shined and, and when you uh, came in to start for Michael Kendricks, who's this year's Najee good? Who is the backup player on defense that's really impressed you this off season? Um, we've had a few. Uh, we had guys show great things, like some of the um, some of the younger guys that we brought in. I know some of the rookies, the guys that we drafted, uh, uh, Jalen Watkins. You know, he had. You know, he kind of got off to a good start, and then he came against Miami, had an interception. Then we got guys, um, Travis Long. He's another guy that plays linebacker. He's been doing pretty good, and. Um, Really, got a, really the guys that have been really impressive were, uh, like I say, some of the DBs that we had, like Jalen Watkins, um, Davon Morgan, and um, Travis Long. Those guys have really been stepping up and doing a good role. And um, actually, some of the guys that we've already had here, like with, uh, you know, Manuel Acho, I know, you know, he's another guy that has been doing pretty good. And in the future, really, I really expect, you know, like I said before, some of those DBs are really good in there and do a good job. And uh, Earl Wolf is another guy. I know he's kind of – people already know about him. People already have already seen him play, but Earl is going to be another guy I think that's going to step up and make a lot of huge plays here in our the defense. On the other side of the ball, who's a guy on offense that's kind of gone under the radar that's really stood out to you that you guys have had to go against in practice this offseason? Uh, and the guy that's on the offense really um, – he hasn't actually taken a lot of reps in the preseason – because he's been out, but a guy that I play with here that's a really good friend of mine, but he's actually pretty good is Chris Polk. Uh, that guy, people know about him here as well. That guy's like really, he's, he's really athletic guy, good character, great ball skills, and um, I think he's going to be really a really good um, third down back or whatever our offense is using for because Chip does everything with all of our offensive guys. And the receiver that I can think of is uh, Momo. He's tall. Six seven, six six. He has huge hands. He can catch, and um, I think he's really going to be a, a nice weapon that we're going to use because uh, just because of his size and his athletic ability. You know, last question for you: Before the kind of duo of trades that the Eagles have made in the last two days uh, for the kicker Cody Parkey and um, Ken John Barner, 
you guys hadn't made a transaction since May 20th. Continuity is a big deal with Chip Kelly. Can you kind of talk about how that's helped the team uh, as you guys have gone throughout the offseason? Uh, yeah, that that was uh, one of the things that we talked about with uh, not just player to player, but um, that continuity thing kind of, it's come some kind of hidden, hidden in the NFL a lot of guys don't talk about because guys see things happen every day and, you know, it is a business on one aspect, but, you know, it's, it's even more team and more relationships because the guys that you play with, you never forget about them, no matter what they go through. You know, you, you know, I hear my dad tell a story from when he played, you know, even when the 80, 84, 85, and he's still friends with guys in Philadelphia, you know, even to this day. And, um, you know, that that is something that, you know, is really big here because it builds confidence with players and it builds trust and it builds a strong team. And the best teams are the teams that have, um, you know, trust in each other. And they know, you know, they have trust in each other when they get on each other. You know, they're not trying to bad mouth anybody. They know it's constructive criticism. And that's one of the huge things that we got here. And it's really a brotherhood. And it's like one of the strongest I've been a part of. And it almost reminds me of college because, you know, in college, it's not easy to walk away from the team that you're with. And, you know, Coach Kelly has done a great job with it. And, you know, just like our, our linebacker group here is special. It's extra stuff just because, you know, I've been with these guys. I've talked to them every day. I see them when I'm here. We go hang out. You know, we do things together and stuff like that. And that's just really a huge thing. And um, even offensive guys, offensive guys, defensive guys, specialists, all the guys, John Dornball, he's been in the NFL for 10, 11 years. It's really brought us close together. And, you know, that's a really huge help as far as once you get on the field, you know who you're working with. You can trust him to do their job, and he's going to trust you to do his job, and you know that makes you play harder for one another. There he is. How about that, Najee? Good hanging out with uh, Mike K later. Uh, excuse me, earlier in this week, and just an all-around awesome guy. I really, I really think that his outlook and his confidence has has starter written all over him, and I'm excited to see his kind of leap forward. Uh, this year Uh, more of this good stuff coming all season long here on bgn radio guys you know there's we got a a bunch of things in the works once the season kicks off for this and of course if you know you're a regular listener here and you're a fantasy player obviously check out our show this week in fantasy which comes out uh it's going to come out every wednesday when we're going to have three shows a week here so it's going to be really fun and exciting and lots of ticket giveaways and all that good stuff coming up. But uh, once again, a big thank you to Najee Good and for me, John Barchard, for Matt During, and for the man uh, of the hour, Mr. Mike Kay. We thank you all for listening to episode number 42 right here on BGN Radio. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Oh, 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 oh,